Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. Today, we are welcoming Ed Crawl, a pastor from our Breakers location. Yeah, and we get to talk with him about candy corn, hospitality, and the relationship between lament and joy. All right, let's get started. I'm Tara Robinson. And I'm Trevor Lovell. And this is the Pastor's Cut with Ed Crawl. All right, Ed, great to have you with us. Oh, Trevor, um, this is a, it's a privilege and it's such a joy. When it comes to, to talk about the Bible, Jesus, I'm here, man. So yeah. thank you for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you here. And Tara, thank you so much for standing in as host this week. Yeah, a new thing. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, super excited. Yep. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Tara serves in the director in the role of director of hospitality and engagement at Near North, uh, and does so many different things. And glad to add one more thing to that list this week. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <Trevor>. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, just as kind of an opening question, as we're going around here, um, just to put a final stamp on the season, since Halloween's over and we can put up our Christmas trees now, um, <laughs> what uh, what's your favorite piece of Halloween candy? And why and you do you up? have one? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> usually, um, I, I don't remember the name, but it's orange, yellow. It's like a cone. A cone oh, candy corn. corn. Candy, candy corn. corn. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I that love is, that. That's a that's a good one that will kill your insides. <laughs> <laughs> I ate it. Um, on the island, it's huge, um, that, really? that type of candy. So wow. when I was uh, in my childhood, I, I ate that candy a lot. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So it takes you back. It reminds you of being a kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tara? You know, I think I'm a Twix girl, um, but funny story, actually. So because of COVID with Halloween, we built a tube down our porch to send the candy out. And we had like that, like Twix is kind of hard and like Snickers are kind of hard. And so they were like flying down this tube and like hitting kids as they're trying to catch it. And so anyway, it was just kind of funny. This was such a, it was a fun, it was a fun Halloween, but we now have a, a lot of Halloween candy kind of all over our front area. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's funny. Uh, for me, I think it, it's either, it's like a toss up between Starburst it from going like the fruity taffy direction or Reese's peanut butter cups if I want chocolate and peanut butter. So either one of those yeah. two, either one of those Can't two. Can't go wrong. Can't go yeah. wrong with those. Yeah. Ed, you mentioned something. You were saying, you mentioned growing up on the island and, um, and yesterday we were talking about you being on the podcast and you talked about like eating chicken as like an analogy. Could you share a little bit, like, tell that story on here and then kind of like a little bit of where you're from too. <laughs> well, um, uh, my name is Ed um, Kral, and I am from a southern island in the Caribbean by the name of Curacao. So it's a small island, um, 150,000 is the population. So Chicago is much, much bigger than, uh, than Curacao. So, um, yeah, so talking about food, uh, that's one of our most people eat chicken on the island. We have we, you raise chicken and you buy chicken and all that. And we eat chicken. And uh, the way we eat chicken, it's uh, very, 
peculiar way. Um, we eat, we eat everything. So when we start eating the meat, at the end you won't see meat anymore on the on the bone. So we will crack that thing, and then when the bone is left, we will crack it too and chew it. So you will we, you will see shreds of bone. So that's how we eat chicken. Now, nowadays, like for example, yesterday I cooked chicken and uh, my daughter is eating it different. And my wife and I was telling her, hey, Johanna, you need to eat chicken better <laughs> because she leaves a lot of, a lot of meat and, and other part of the, the fat um, on the, on the, on the chicken bowl. So we, we are in the process of reminding her and you know, she, she's more Americanized now. So it's, it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you were saying that the podcast is like, like the same thing, right? That when we get a sermon, you get, you get a lot of the meat, but there's still some there. Exactly. So the thing is that you, you have a time frame during your preaching and I am not so good in preaching like doing a 20, 25 minute preaching. I preach like 40 minutes, that's, that's how it goes. But still there is a, you, you know, you don't have the time to, to say as much as you want. And um, there will be always meat on the, on the boat, right? So, um, and I think um, the, the, the podcast is a good place to kind of, um, finalize uh, your sermon in a way. And I was, I was telling Trevor, uh, Trevor that I hope that one day we will just take more time. You know, uh, if we need to go through a passage twice, like in two, having two parts of the sermon, just for people to have a better insight of the word of God. Um, and just, you know, to take the meat and take the time and, eat the meat well of the bone and leave it just plain. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and so, what were you going to say, Tara? That's a great analogy, actually. I haven't thought about that, but it can relate to, I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly. Anyway, love the analogy. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the place where we crunch the bone and we get those nutrients. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoy hearing that. Um, cool. All right. Well, um, Ed, you preached uh, at the. I'm trying to think of what to call it. Um, <laughs> sort of like a Spanish church plant, right? Yeah. Um, yes. With uh, with uh, the Northbrook um, location with Brandon Smith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Norwood Park Spanish church plant over in Ronan Park, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So it's all in Spanish. It's all in Spanish. All in Spanish. Yes, the group is all oh in God. Spanish. So the goal is to to keep it um, as a service, full Spanish, no translation. Beautiful. Hispanic people, um, that's one thing of Hispanic people. They love to hear the gospel in their language. And it will yeah, be would... something very unique for Park Community Church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely a new thing for us. It's great, though. Um, so... Oh, I'm sorry. I keep talking over you, Trevor. <laughs> it's Zoom. It's killing me. Uh, so, Ed, in English, would you mind recapping <laughs> kind of what your sermon was for us? Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, 
you know, it's it's one of the most great passages. You know, you 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 see the the, the body of Christ. You 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 can understand the church uh, in the, through this passage, and I um. I, I focus more on the love part because it's love or hate, love against hate. And my, um, my, my, the way I, 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 I speak it out is more about the loving part. We have received love. We are one body, right? Um, we all form the body of Christ. And in Christ, there is love. There isn't hate in Christ. And we, we cannot love and hate at the same time. It doesn't work. We need to choose to be on one side. We cannot sit, sit with Jesus and Satan at the same time, right? So we, we, we have that love. So there, we, we cannot say that um, we don't have love, right? Because we have received the love of Jesus in us. And all started with God showing love to us, right? Where he sent his only begotten son to save us. So God has shown us that love through Christ Jesus, hanging on the cross, showing us what truly love is. And that, that, that love is pure. That love is, is holy. It's, it's, it's pure. So we can count on that love. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So you focused a lot on the genuine love piece, right? And it's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. So yeah. Ed, let's get into let's get into some of the nutrients in the marrow. Then, uh, what got cut from your sermon? What kind of can you say that again, driver? Yeah, yeah. What got cut? From okay. Your um, you know, I think um, I have like three things. Um, that I couldn't go to to deep in um, is the is the rejoicing part, right? Um, we live in a time right now, um, a very difficult, unpredictable, uncertain season, and um, here we are sitting in church, and uh, the Bible, God is telling us to rejoice, <laughs> to rejoice in Him in in this season. And I think the, the, the reason that we can rejoice is because we have a great God, a God who created everything, a God that we can go to in prayer, a God that we can count on, a God that, um, that gives us hope. And that's one reason that we can, we can rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I know that that piece. Um, there was a, a member here at our at our uh, near north location. She's a counselor. Something she said kind of like reminded me of that piece right there with the rejoice and hope, and kind of like how sometimes we think rejoice means that we need to be kind of like cheery and upbeat, and it means that everything should be kind of good. Where where she talked about the I think the line was hope runs alongside sadness and supports it, and that it kind of um, it's possible for hope. And that rejo- like rejoicing in hope for that to take place in the midst of a difficult season and in a season that's uh, where a person's going through some some sadness um, yeah. that doesn't necessarily sadness doesn't mean that there has to be an absence of rejoicing in hope, but 
but that those things can coexist. Yeah, you know, all the loss of uh, friends and family member, right? How are we going to rejoice in a moment like that? We lost our freedom, like we, we, we heard yesterday, right? We don't have our freedom anymore. But still, in those circumstances, we can ask God, Lord, let me experience that, that joy. And even though we are in these circumstances, let me experience that, that joy to, to continue. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. I think you're on to something, Trevor, because uh, joy is so confused with happiness and with lightness and uh and then it it kind of brings like a, a um like you're ignoring the reality right you know so the combination of feeling the joy but also lamenting with what's going on with what's what's broken in the world that's a that's a real hard back and forth to try to uh to balance um ed what would you say then to somebody like how how have you led your people to be joyful in the Lord, but also to really lament with everything that's going on? I used to tell people, listen, if if you need to lament, just lament. Um, encourage people to lament. I remember um, an aunt of mine; um, his son died unexpected. Um, with a heart attack and you know she did not expect that to happen at all and I remember um, she shared with me I and I asked her hey how are you doing and she said you know I am I am holding on I'm not crying because um, I don't want to be weak you know and I said and that that's not good you know you should express yourself you should just weep and lament as much as you could. Don't keep it in. If you keep it in, it's not good for you. You know, it's a difficult season. It's, it's, it's normal that people weep and lament for their loss. So do that, please. You know, set yourself free in that, in that regard. Because if we don't let it go, we won't, we won't experience the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, he's close to those who mourn. And so you have to admit that you're mourning. Exactly. Yeah. Just accept your, your circumstances. Um, 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 like your circumstances is circumstances of, of grief. Just just grieve it out. You know? And and that's why Paul says in here as well, rejoice with the ones who rejoice and um, mourn with the ones who mourn. Mourn is a very, very important uh, component um, for, for everybody. It doesn't matter if you, are, if, if you are a Christian or not, but mourning is something that we should do. And uh, otherwise, you know, the, the consequences of not mourning well will be uh, depression, right? You will fall into a depression and in a bad mood. You're always in a bad mood. So, it's good to go to through that that process of of mourning. It, Nate Payne said something interesting when we were group of pastors we were meeting yesterday. Ed, you were there, and we uh, he talked about how in Acts eight two it talks about after Stephen died, 
right? Exactly. And it was kind of this like in, incredible thing that happened where, you know, like heavens open up, he sees Jesus there, like standing ready to welcome him into heaven, the, the first exactly. martyr in the church. Um, it, but then in Acts 8, 2, it says devout men buried him um, and they made great lamentation. And yeah. so there was, yeah, there was yeah. this. Um, that kind and of I think the joy, oh, sorry, Trevor. I think that the joy comes where we know where our loved ones goes, right? Um, they, they, we will be in a place or they will be in a place if they are believer, they will be in a place where there is there, there will be no more suffering, no more pain, right? We will be in a much, much better place. So that's where the joy peace um, comes in as, uh, as, as believers. And I think the other thing, too, that's taken me a while to realize in my faith journey is that you can have two opposing emotions and feelings at the same time. So you yep. can be very, very sad, like with Stephen, you know, lamenting, mourning over his death, but still at the same time, which is so weird, but at the same time, feel that peace, joy, and hope. And uh, yeah, it took me a long time to feel that. I thought that, or to understand that, I thought that, um, you know, emotions were more one dimensional, like that's how they should be, but it's just not, you know, and Jesus was like that too. I mean, he wept, like he felt everything all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. He wept. I, I, I remember when um, he heard about the, the death of John the Baptist, he took yeah. off and he went and, and wept and, uh, and prayed. And then he came back, he went back and continued to do, to do ministry. Yeah. 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 So, Ed, what else got cut? Yeah. Well, the part of hospitality. Ah. Hospitality. <laughs> um, hospitality is a very important piece as, uh, as, as believers. I, I think back then and uh, now too. And how the disciples received Jesus and how they re um, um, he received them. And they invite him to, to go to, his, to their house. So, um, he... He hadn't the place where to lay down his head, but he got it because um, he got hospitality. And I think this is something um, that um, we don't, I, I don't know um, as much of the American culture. Um, you guys can, 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 can chime in on this. Um, how, how you guys do hospitality? For example, for us on the island, um, I was I was in the church, the church I grew up in. Um, when some people comes from, uh, for for example, to give a concert, or for a week of a convention or something, right? Um, if you don't have the the expenses to pay for a nice hotel for that person, a person who has like a nice house will be asked. If the person can host, can um, give hospitality to to the um, the main speaker of the conference to to stay there for a week, so that's how we play it out on the island. Um, and I had many many times people, pastors, missionaries in my house. And I remember once um, missionaries missionaries came. And uh, I, I just left my house and gave them my house to, to stay there. And I stayed with friends. So I don't know 
here in the states how it plays out so you guys can 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 share can share about hospitality with me in the western culture yeah i'll jump in there uh yeah it's it's something honestly that um our culture praises independence right so uh it is it is hard for us and actually as you were speaking i i had a question that you can address later but it's like how would you tell us in the time of covid in particular to do to to show hospitality but i think what's interesting i was just looking at this um so if you look you know uh what what is it uh, that yeah romans um why do they not have my little verses? Okay, Romans three through nine that we, uh, or three through eight that we talked about before, you know, it's all about being one person, one member of the body. And it's not, um, you, you can't do things independently. Like you're under, you're under Christ, you need community, like you have to. And uh, that's, that's really hard for us because there's this lie that is a sign of weakness, you know? So, um, yeah, so I think as I'm talking through this, it's not only that we don't know how to do it well, but it's also hard for us to receive it. You have to be able to receive hospitality and you have yeah. to be able to be in that community. So I would be really interested in what you could suggest to us as to how to improve that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, like the thing that I was going to say um, leads into the same thing. Uh, it basically like, you know, in philosophy of ministry and understanding how to go about the work of a pastor. Yeah. I've been brought up within a certain culture and tradition. Um, and Ed, like working together and we talk about what's happening in like in your location, the location I'm at. And I like, I have a sense that hospitality plays a much bigger role in how you go about ministry and the work of a pastor than, than like personally than, than it does with me. And so, uh, to Tara's point, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this. It seems like something that's pretty central for you. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, um, in this in this time, for example, time of COVID, um, if if somebody, for example, two weeks, let me see, let me think. Um, last week, um, we were away, um, but we received a couple um, they wanted to stay one night in our house, right? And uh, so we, we gave them hospitality, you know, not thinking about COVID or anything because they ask us and they are our friends, you know? And uh, we, we just trust that they are okay and they stay in our house, you know? So um, that's something that we, we, we love to do. It's kind of, we, we brought over our, our culture here in America. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting, even Tara, what you were saying with the gospel, uh, or that our culture praises independence, but what the gospel brings us into is interdependence, where mm-hmm. we're like, where our lives are kind of knit together and interwoven. There's supposed to be a, an interdependency, which involves, mm-hmm. which involves receiving as well as, you know, providing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something that I, um, I, I, I struggled with a little bit. Um, I have a good friend and, um, they are great people. They live in Texas and uh, all the time when we go out, they have to treat. And sometimes I said, no, I, I want to treat today. 
you know. And they said, no, you don't treat. I pay. <laughs> so we, we are standing on the, on the counter and uh, fighting who's going to pay. But I didn't like that um, he wasn't open for me to take care of him. Interesting. Right? It, it, can, be, it can be mutual. Why, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but, you know, it's, it's all about, I think it's all about the heart of the person too, right? They, they see you as, as a special person and all that. And, and I needed to accept that too, right? And sometimes pride can be in the way. And I said, you know, if you want to do it, it's okay. I will, I will take it, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's how it is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that reminds me of my, like my stepdad growing up. There was, he's the one who taught me to be able to receive, I feel like, from people who were, um, you know, maybe not who I expected to at, at first. Because he, and, um, yeah, because whenever I'd be going somewhere with him um, early on and he and my mom's relationship, if we'd stop at a gas station, he'd ask me what I wanted and I'd say nothing, you know, because that's what I was supposed to do. And then he'd be like, no, what do you want? I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. He'd always, he'd bring me back in, like an oranges and cream Stewart's drink. And, uh, and so that just kind of became the thing. And eventually I just was like, yeah, that he'd ask me what I want. It's like a, an oranges and cream would be great. <laughs> that taught me how to receive. Um, exactly. yeah, it's like a hard thing to learn sometimes. Yeah. 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 yeah I think um, it's, it's important that that piece and uh, the hospitality piece um, that people, people, people have to, feel like relaxed and that they are in a good company that they don't need to worry for anything um, that you will take care of them and the way we do it sometimes is financially we save some money we put money aside um, consciously that um, we plan uh, which day are we going to go to the restaurant which day we are going to cook at home you know um, how do you spend your time right so it, it's time consuming too uh, and money right so you have to plan it and be conscious that you will you will treat the the your brother or your sister in christ take well care of them i think that's the that's the whole point behind it yeah, yeah that's great well, Ed, it has been so great having you on the show. And Tara, you as well. Thanks so much for stepping in this week. Enjoy the conversation a ton. Thanks for listening. Join us next week as we discuss the last part of Romans 13, verses 8 through 14.